Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. And I'm Jenny Bookler. And we are in Portland. We are in the third day of the Icon 8 Illustration Conference. And uh, as you may be able to hear, we've got a kind of a funny audio quality today due to the fact that um, we're doing it on the fly. And also due to the fact that both of us semi-lost our voices last night mm-hmm. just a little bit. So you're a little bit crunchier and a little bit more bassy today uh, than normal. But our podcast today, I think, will be a really interesting conversation because we've had a lot to think about over the last several days, Um, not only because we're in the presence of a lot of great creators, a lot of really inspirational people, and a lot of really cool content, but um, I think every time you travel, and we've talked about this on multiple podcasts, you come home a little bit different, and you come home thinking about stuff that uh, not only might change the way that you proceed with the rest of your future, um, but there's a little bit of a reflection that happens in it, both good and both uh, in ways where you sort of think about what you've been doing and how to improve and maybe how to not do some of that stuff anymore. So, <laughs> so it's been yeah. really interesting. Um, so the first thing that I guess I want to say is, um, for those of you guys that haven't been to the conference before, um, this is actually our first time going. It really was kind of a new uh, experience uh, besides the regular other conferences that we've been to, I think one thing that we found really interesting about this one is an overwhelming sense of community, which I'm really appreciative of. Um, not only, I guess, within the uh, the participants here at Icon, but uh, just in general in Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everyone's been really friendly and really nice. Um, we've got to say hi to tons of people who've been in past shows. Tons of really awesome people. Um, lots of educators, lots of people who started their own business. So it's a really good group of people here, and we're really excited to meet everyone. Yeah, it's been really great. Um, so some of the content uh, so far and some of the things that we're reflecting on now, I suppose, as we've gotten into the third day, um, has kind of been across the gamut. Um, some of the main topics that have come up um, are everything from – you know, in the beginning stages, we were going through even some technique-based workshops and how-tos um, to really sort of theoretical uh, conversations about why we do the things that we do. Um, some people talked about uh, the business side of things, the legal side of things. Um, and we also saw a lot of really great comprehensive sort of start-to-finish portfolios of individuals and businesses um, that have really come from, you know, grassroots to being, you know, pretty substantial forces in the illustration community. Um, and all of that, of course, you know, it's really interesting. Um, when you when you take all that kind of stuff in, you tend to think a lot about your own process and the way that you have been doing things um, and what you might want to do a little bit differently. So... Um, one of the best things that I think I've come across today uh, is really kind of thinking about the sense of community in a little bit of a different way than I normally might. Um, in this case, I think, uh, you know, I'm going home feeling a little bit more energized to actually reach out to more individuals in the Minneapolis and St. Paul um, area uh, and hopefully kind of be there in person as much as I am involved uh, with things online. And I think there's just such a different feeling when you're face-to-face with people, you know? I don't know what you think about that, Jenny, but but it really has been 
totally different. I think being very present in the moment and having conversations about things with people, um, some pretty, some pretty, not tough conversations, but some pretty real conversations yeah. with people. Well, I always think it's really different. A lot of the time we're communicating with our, our creative community online. And so this is immediate. You're sort of having a conversation and reacting to it and people are sharing what they're doing. Um, and it's, yes, there's tons of people we've seen their work online, but to actually hear them talk about it in like real time and discuss it or discuss what they're doing or their feelings about the convention or their feelings about what's going on. Um, it's been really like eye opening and also really positive. I feel like all the people we've met so far and had a chance to really like sit down and get to know, I feel like are doing good things and sort of have their own challenges that they're setting out to be working on and to be doing right now. And I feel like there's sort of this exploratory um, sensation that I'm having kind of going through and seeing. You know, it's funny. I think I, I, uh, I'm i the person that ends up doing a lot of the Twitter stuff. And so many of the messages that I see from people are so short because they're, you know, they're, they have to be the essential, like, tiny tidbit of what you're going to throw out there on the Internet. Um, and sometimes I take for granted that there's so much stuff that's behind that content, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially because it comes in such a forceful, like, kind of stream of information. Um, and Jenny's right, you know, talking to some of these people about, you know, why they're doing the things that they're doing and and seeing, you know, seeing them express kind of, you know, the passion behind it as a human being. I think has been really cool. And, it, and you know that stuff's in there. Like, you know that's in there if you take a second to kind of think about it. But, right. Um, but it's not often when when you get to connect, like, the creator to the work like that. Right. And I think that's one of the hardest things about it is we do see people online and you get, like, a, a picture in your mind and you're like, they must look like their work or they must, like, do certain things or it must come so easy to them or um, all sorts of ideas of when you don't actually have an interaction with them because you've been communicating with their work for such a long time, like just like understanding it, trying to understand it, looking at new stuff um, and kind of keeping an eye on their projects. And then all of a sudden when you get to know them, it's a completely different thing where you're like, oh, it makes so much sense. I think you have a different sense of perspective. Yeah, yeah. I think um, that is really true. You know, when we were talking about what we were going to do, you know, in addition to the to the efforts that we put into our own work, you know, and Jenny and I collaborate with um, each other. We collaborate with Chris and Francesca and Becca, and you know, and um, the great artists that work on all the different projects. And I think, uh, you know, you it's kind of nice to have this refresher, just to remember to have prolonged conversations with people about their own intentions. You know, and we try to be sensitive about that. I think every time we do an exhibition, but I think. Um, you know, that's one of the things I'm taking away from this conference, mm. just remembering mm. to have those long conversations when yeah. I can. And it, it's funny, too, like, I'm sure all of you guys have been in a, a convention setting or sort of a workshop setting. It is so fast. And I think somebody even compared it to speed dating. Oh, yeah. Where you're trying to, like, get to the content and get to, like, a real you're dialogue You're like, I'm trying to get to know fast. you in, like, so you're like, four minutes. What do you do? Where are you from? What What's your work about? And you, like, jump right in, which is a, a completely different like dialogue than you would normally have with somebody you're just sort of jumping right in and it's cool because we know everyone's in like the same boat or you've seen their work online you see their name tag and sort of can like jump to to the like guts of the story you know 
Yeah, and I, I mean, we've talked about this before, too. I think one of the things that I appreciate about also being in person here with, with some people that I haven't had the chance to have a face-to-face before is that, um, you know, you you kind of know the the major thing people kind of put out there, um, you know, on the Internet or put in their portfolio. But, like, you know, I talked about the nuances a little bit, but when you see these other projects they're doing, like, for example... Um, I just want to say a huge thank you to Rory Phillips. We had an amazing dinner with him. Um, Rory's been in a couple of our shows. He's been in the Role Model show, uh, You Could Do It show. Um, he's been like a great partner to work with in a lot of these different things. And uh, when we got actually got to sit down with him, it was really interesting. He talked about his teaching philosophies. He shared some information about like his own interests and you know the things that he's gone through to get to the point that he is at. And all of a sudden, when you hear these bits about somebody's life and what they've gone through and what they're interested in, everything that they do becomes richer and it becomes more important. Mm-hmm. And you see the nuances in their artwork that reflects that personality so much more strongly. Um, and, and I think that was one of the nice things about what we've been able to yeah, do here. It, it seriously was such a pleasure meeting with him. I was going to say too, and maybe I said this a long time ago, but I listened to this podcast that talked about like the businesses that you believe in. And I think this is true too for people. Like um, if you believe in their mission statement or all about them, then their work like follows along with that. And I think it's true, like getting to know somebody, getting to know what they're about no matter what they do, no matter how, like, their work evolves over time, it's all part of, like, a bigger picture of them. And so it's really, like, a, a proud moment almost when you get to, like, celebrate the things that they're working on and um, see, like, them, how they're growing as a person more so than, like, their portfolio or think of it in, like, a clinical way, you know? Yeah, and I, I like that. And I think I needed to be reminded of that, you know, I... I on a personal reflection, I think, you know, as a creator myself, um, you know, I think when you show up in a room full of really talented people, there's always kind of two things that are going through your mind. There's one of them being, you know, like, how, how do I stand up to the efforts of all of these people? You know, what is my tiny one second introduction that I can explain who I am and what I do, you know, you, you stand there and you're kind of thinking to yourself, what a weird, what a weird moment this is, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and what's interesting about that to me is mostly, I think I, it makes me appreciate again, like some of those more intimate conversations, but, but it also, you know, I think about sort of that one second blip of who I am, and I, I start to think about what I, what I'd like to do more. Like we've we've heard a lot of really good um, lectures this weekend so far of people that not only have chased their dreams but have really worked hard to make things happen. Um, and it's funny to see somebody kind of take the last ten years of their lives and put it into a twenty-minute presentation and when you think about how easy it is for somebody to look back and, you know, you look at back at somebody's life and you say, oh, of course, that one thing led to that thing and then it led to this next thing and, of course, now you you are where you are. Um, I think for a lot of us it's, it's, it's still a magical kind of uh, 
mystery of how a person does it, even if they tell you exactly how it went. Um, but then you go home thinking about, like, exactly how am I going to pursue the next interest of mine? Like, what am I going to do next? I don't know, you know? Right. Well, I think, like, the hard part, and I think this is hard for everyone, no matter what you're doing. I heard I heard lots of people who are doing awesome things say, like, oh, that person has my dream job, or, oh, that, that thing would be really cool to do, even though they're already doing great things. I think there's, like, a specificity in, like, choosing one thing and doing it really, really well and, like, pushing it to where it's supposed to be. And it's easy for all of us to sort of sit there and evaluate where we're at and what we're doing and sort of take it all in. Um, But it's true that I think everyone sort of sits there and wonders how they got to where they're at, how they're working on, like, full-length animated movies, how they're, like, owning publishing companies, how they're doing things. And a lot of it is they, like, took actions to make it happen, all of them started their own business or pitched things or tried to um, make something happen. They went on, like, a trip and decided to make a project happen. Um, So it all is, like, an action. And so I think that's a lot of the reason why we are having these, like, reflective moments now is we're like, well, well, what are we going to do next? How do we push this thing? And, I mean, I think that's something that's always been something for me is uh, when you see somebody that really inspires you, you you really look at what you're doing in a very sort of like microscopic, you know, like kind of way. Like critical light? Yeah, and and not, I mean, you know, the same way you would critique anything else. You you look at what you're doing and you say, like, you know, I thought I was doing okay, you know? You're like, yeah. oh, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. And then you go somewhere and you're like, wow, there's so many other ways that I could improve my process or my efficiency or you know, spending more time on ideation or, you know, and I, and I'm almost positive that every single person in that room goes there for the purpose of being like taken by the shoulders and just shaken a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the same reason you take any workshop. It's the same reason you have a good conversation with somebody that you admire. It's because you want somebody to tell you that, there's still more work to be done. Right. Well, that's like the like the double-sided part of inspiration. Like you're inspired and then you're like, oh, crap, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm not there. Or you're like, I have so much work to do now. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny. You know, we've, we've talked a lot in the you know last couple of days about the pace of some of the light gray shows. Um, and I think, too, you know, we marvel at the, at the same kind of – pace that other people are doing their projects and they're you know they're getting these things done they're spending time on personal work they're you know they're doing all these different things and it's funny you you catch yourself asking people too like how the heck do you do what you do you know how are you getting that done how are you doing that and and you know and people have asked us the same thing as we're walking around you just realize to everybody's in a giant echo chamber thinking the exact same thing at the exact same time Mm -hmm. um we we went to, um, on the first couple days, you know, I'll back up for a second. The first couple days we went to a couple different workshops and, um, you know, I took two that one of them was a technical workshop by Robert Hunt. Um, and the other one, um, was a really great workshop that was called Taming the Paperwork Beast. Uh, and both workshops were 
really interesting. I mean, it was uh, totally different stuff. One of them was about paperwork. <laughs> One of them was about <laughs> oil painting. Um, it was really kind of a funny combination. Um, before I talk about those, though, which ones did you take, Jenny? I actually took two different uh, workshops. One was called Dancing with Illustrators, which was really awesome. There was an art director that um, is the primary art director for Family Circle. Um, so she talked a little bit about the um, the relationship or the, like, it's a, it's a node to the old movie Dancing with Wolves. So this sort of, like, it is, again, Taming the Beast or it's this interaction between artist and um and art director so it was actually taught by uh lisa kelsey um so she talked all about the like licensing side how to negotiate things who actually makes the final decisions if something gets cut what's the like pacing of things so there are lots of good questions and she sort of walked step by step through the process and also she's worked for tons of different magazines so she talked about the differences between magazines which is really awesome so the other class I took was actually called You Are Your Own Museum, and it was taught by Aaron Smith uh, and Lisa Wagner. And so they sort of walked through um, your own curation of yourself, which is a topic that I think that we talk a lot about, too, like how you present yourself, um, how you curate your own experience, and how that's viewed online. Um, so that was really cool. I got to meet some of the other participants. We had some, like, one-on-one interview sort of settings and talks. Um, and it was all about how we view ourselves online, how we, like, make collections um, as a source of inspiration. So we talked about all the different mediums, um, like Pinterest and Tumblr, and that is in itself a virtual gallery. It's actually really funny. I absolutely adored Robert Hunt's demo. It was hilarious in such a charming way. Um, he did a ton of great work. He makes these wonderful plein air paintings um, amongst a million other things. Uh, and he does you know, tons of landscape and portrait work. And uh, you know, I took the class because I was looking at all the workshops and I, I saw that he does, uh, or he did a series of paintings, of course, in my favorite place ever uh, in the Everest region of Nepal. And I was like, hey, some guy that likes the same stuff I do, that's cool. So I went and I sat in, and I sat in the back row on this giant big stool. And the way that he he described just thinking about uh, painting was really interesting. I'm going to see if I can find some of my well, awesome... I remember, I remember you talking about it, too, after the class. It almost seemed... Um like romantic or something it was it was really valuing like the process well yeah i mean he, he he was talking about some different things you know some technical things he talked about color theory you know you know some normal like let's learn how to paint stuff but he said a bunch of really great things he, he almost talked in a way that was um it was like a metaphor you know he was like saying all these metaphors or he's saying all these different um you know, things like, for example, he said, your hair is like a cloud. And he talked about how your hair is just this giant puffy thing that floats around on the top of a very solid head. And, and of course, you know that. Like, you know that that's how hair works. But at the same time, he was talking about how, the, how you have to define, um, you know, what you do by, by, you know, three different things. And one of the things, of course, was sort of, you know, at the, at the very end, you define the edges um, and so he's talking about how this hair is just this giant floating mass, this nebulous blob that's just hanging out there. 
and in the way he was talking, of course it makes a lot of sense when you're considering oil paint, but um, he also was talking about the fact that your mouth is the inside of your face on the outside. And he would have these one-liners that he would say, and all of a sudden I would be like, ew, that's totally true. That's, <laughs> that's really true. But he just had this way of making you think about normal things that you stare at every single day in a completely different light. And you're like, you're right. My hair is a cloud. I knew my hair was a cloud just anyways. <laughs> my hair is a giant, massive cloud. But, <laughs> you know, he was talking about, you know, the planes of your lips and how it is, you know, inside of your face and the outside. And I was like, gross, yeah, that is totally true. You know, it's like the one place or, you know, just a couple places on your face where where that is what that is. Um, but just in general, I think a good teacher um, is a person that makes you think of the everyday in a way that you just, like, like when they say it, you're like, oh, of course, of course it's true. But when you say it, it makes me think about it and I'm never going to forget it. You know, I'm never going to forget that he's talking about the inside of your face and on the outside, you know, like all these things are, uh, we're just really nice, you, you know, and I'm talking about it like it was this massive moving moment, like he struck me in the soul with his like Cupid painting oil paint arrow or something, but but it really was one of those things where, you know, you're hypersensitive in the moment, you're, at, you're in a place that you don't know where you are, you know, you're back in that like giddy for school feeling, and um and I suppose personally, you know, being out of school for a really long time, even as a teacher, you know, when you when you get in the classroom, whether it is as an instructor or as a participant, you always have that that kind of hyper aware sense of just picking things up and and listening intently and kind of being present, like more present than you than you would normally be, I think, in a lot of places. Um, but he just had this sense and just this way of talking, and I was like, man, that guy's a good teacher. So. Um, I also took a um, took a workshop right after um, with Melinda Beck, who talked a lot about all of like the detail oriented sides of how you keep your your crap under control when you're <laughs> when you're a creative business person. Um, and again, you know, you you get these people that just they know their stuff, they are enthusiastic, and they say things in a way that just makes you realize how how much that they think about it and how much maybe I should be thinking about it. But I took that class, of course, because I hate paperwork. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take a, a workshop that I feel is going to add something to what I do and at least make me think about it. And, you know, I, what I think the biggest thing I realized, you know, all tips and all, like, facts and all programs and all the wonderful things that she said um, about, like, you know, the, the how-tos aside, I think the biggest thing I found out is that I truly am a person that struggles with organization. Uh, and I think I knew that based on the, the state of my desk and the state of my calendar and the state of my everything. Um, but when you see somebody who has really mastered it, um, you realize how organized and how, how, how their process is completely built around making things successful. Um, you know, Robert Hunt, when he was talking, he, he had a really great point. And I forget exactly how he said it, but he said something like, he learned a long time ago to take out some of those variables that make it harder on yourself to do things. He And he mentioned, for example, you know, he said, I'm wearing all black today. And, you know, and I wear all black because when you stand in front of your painting, of course, 
you know, your painting changes color because the light from your shirt, if you're wearing a blue shirt, reflects off of the light of, you know, that's on your canvas and changes the color of what you see. And it changes the, the entire painting, you know, and you wear a pink shirt the next day and your painting's not going to be the same. And he says, so I paint black all the time. And he said, that's why we all wear black as artists. And I was like, that is really funny because again, it's one of those things you're like, yeah, everybody wears black, but you know, who, who, who tells people that? Is that a thing? I think photographers do that too. Oh, well, that, that, like, in that was new to me. Yeah. But it, but the point of like that whole talk was, you know, he, and he said too, he's like, when I paint, I try and move my canvas to be at the same level as my subject so that I'm not changing perspective. If I look down, I'm changing perspective. And if I'm looking straight at the thing and I have to look down to draw it, I'm making it harder for myself. You know, I've got weird forced perspective. And it's little things like that that I think, um, you know, you sort of stack up your way of setting up your workspace or you set up the way that you do stuff. And, you know, and he talked about it for a second. He's just like, you know, if you if you spend a minute before you do something trying to, le- like, eliminate all of the things that that are going to make it harder for you you know whether that's your space or your setup or your you know your black shirt or whatever you've got um the whole process becomes a lot easier Um, and he specifically talked about how and i forget which team it is and i really really should have written it down but he says there's a special team in the tour de france that actually carries with them their own air conditioners to their own hotel rooms because they know that it's totally variable. Whatever hotel they stay at, they have no idea what the climate's going to be like. They don't know if it's going to be disgusting. They bring their own mattresses. They Whoa. bring. They have their own chef. They have their own everything because they're willing to spend the money to eliminate the variables that usually would mess it up for somebody else. Like, what happens if you get yeah. a crappy mattress? And you don't get a good night's rest. And you get yeah. a crappy night's sleep and you have to wake up and, and he's like, we're all built with the same, basically the same genetics. You know, we start from scratch. It's a how much do you allow yourself to make it easier? And I thought about that for the rest of, you know, our time so far at the conference. And I was thinking, like, damn, he is right. <laughs> like, <sighs> he's right. You know, my my crap's all out of control um, back in Minneapolis. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I was thinking about these people that, that really have an opportunity to sit down and do some personal work, you know, or they have time to go out and garden, um, or they've really thought maybe six months in advance about what they're going to need to do now in order to do things in the future. And, and it's funny. And I think, you know, a couple of people walked up to me at the convention and said, well, how do you do all the stuff you do in the time that you do? And I was like, I have no freaking idea. (laughs) I have no idea, you know, and, and I think a lot of us are probably in that place where we're we're still fighting against some of those like weird variables that things could be easier, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. And so I think I'm gonna take that back and consider it, you know. Um and and that's funny, and Jenny and I have talked about this a couple times. Like I'm very proud of the stuff that we do at like Grey Art Lab. I'm very proud of a lot of the things that I do in my personal practice. But I really like that shake like that you know, somebody, some, somebody, the universe, the, all the people here that I've heard talk, you know, shake me by the shoulders and be like, you can do better than that, you know? Yeah. And, and I don't think, you know, it's not a self-depreciating moment. It's more of a kind of a challenge. Like a, you know, you go home and you're fevered up and you're just like, I got to do something that means more 
somehow. What am I going to do? You know, it's like a like an interesting next challenge. So that was one of the major things I think that I've I've come away so far um, from this. I think the other thing that I've come away from is that. I realize how little energy I have in life. <laughs> I'm so tired, you guys, so tired. And I, I can't, I wonder if I'm, there's probably half of the people that get all, you know, I used to think this too. I think, Jenny, you told me this. When yeah. you did the Great Personality Project, you yeah. said, all the extroverts get their energy from people. Uh-huh. And then introverts get their energy from from resting from people. <laughs> from, from running away from all the people. And I found myself a couple times being like, I just need to go sit in the rental car. I just need to sit yeah. here for a second and just, like, breathe this stale air yeah. and eat this weird brown banana that's been in the backseat for, like, five days. <laughs> well, the days. funny thing is, like, I don't know, all the things all the things that are happening, all the conversations are really good, but it's, it's totally true. When you're talking, all your air or all your water is just going away. and then Straight just, out your mouth. You're shriveling up. As you speak to people. Yeah, I think today, oh, seriously, I feel bad because I had unlimited energy for the first two days. And then um, we had this awesome opportunity. I want to thank wh- whoever it was um, that gave us the chance to be in the road show. Um, so we set up a booth, I think it was last night, and feels like five days ago, which is crazy. But last night we set up a booth and we had the great chance to um, stand up in the midst of a bunch of other really fantastic makers and creatives and, you know, and illustrators and, uh, talk to a bunch of people about what we do and, you know, and say hi to some of the people that we haven't had a chance to yet. And man, that place was like 90 degrees. It was like a a bazillion people. I don't even know how many people. And you were yelling all night, you know, and it was like exhilarating. If you've, if you've ever, which I haven't because I'm a weak baby, run a marathon. <laughs> I imagine this is probably what that would be like. Or if you've, you know, if you haven't worked out in a long time and all of a sudden you decide to like go super hardcore one day, it's like whatever you feel like the next day. <laughs> like I felt. sore, like our throats were sore. It felt like my face had been like pummeled with anything and everything that a person could reach. <laughs> And then, like, four people took turns pummeling my face with, like, whatever they could find. And I got up in the morning, and we went there, and I was like, I was like, yeah, today's going to be great. But I felt like my face had turned into a raisin and sort of imploded on itself. And so no matter how, like, it was, it's, it's like puffing back out now, which is good. I think I regained some of my energy, but, man, it was so hard to get up. But, you know, you... Of course, of course, we wanted to, like, you know, do it up, like, you know, all the energy, and I was like, oh, crap, I should have saved, like, a piece of energy, so I wouldn't slide off my chair during the presentations, but, um, luckily I had a bunch of jelly beans, I ate some of those, those were good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but it was super cool, Roadshow was cool, I, you know, and a lot of respect to all the people around there that set up everything and, and, uh, put all their stuff out, so... I think that uh, tomorrow is going to be pretty co- pretty cool. Um, I am impressed by also kind of the professionalism that is happening with the presentations. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of great ideas about you know um, new endeavors, new things, new stuff, new things to follow up on. A lot of great people. I'm really glad I got the chance to um, see what they do. I think that again it was pretty shocking how many people that I I had no idea 
that they were doing all these cool things where they're doing them. And I'm really happy about seeing, you know, some of the evidence now of what what's going on back there. Because, man, these guys deserve lots of, lots of props. But, yeah, I think we had a, a really good dinner tonight. We did. Hanging we had, out. Yeah, we had a chance to sort of reflect on the day. I also, I had a really good day listening to, it was probably a solid eight hours of presentations or so, which is really awesome. We got to hear from um, No Brow Publishing, and we got to hear from, um, actually, this is this is one of my favorite presentations. The Clayton Brothers got to present, and something that stood out to me is they said, um, we're always talking ourselves out of doing things, and instead we should be talking ourselves into doing things, um, which their practice is really interesting. It's super collaborative. They're sort of reacting and making um, on top of each other's things, which completely eliminates the fear in making. And also, um, a lot of us are really precious with the things that we're making, and it sort of just cuts that element out completely, which was really cool. So I liked that. Uh, so there's tons of stuff that we got to see. Uh, there's a presentation from Leica. That was really cool. Really impressed. Uh, Nelson Lowry talked uh, for a long time, showed his personal work as well as the behind-the-scenes stuff for Paranorman. Um, it was really cool to see like all the moving parts and all the people. Um, amazing, amazing sets, uh, amazing you know characters, amazing things that they do. And mm-hmm. uh, I think... I was really impressed by the fact that, again, you know, he finds time to build these intense robots um, after, like, long hours of putting together, you know, feature-length film mm-hmm. um, and working with his team. And everybody just looks so passionate about what they're doing. Um, and, again, you know, you, you know somebody for one thing. You, you don't often see the other stuff that they do. Right. You know? He also does all sorts of, like, drawings and paintings, and they're gorgeous. They're really beautiful, and I think that says something about his... Um, like his like desire dedication. for practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His dedication, like it all fits together. He builds these robots out of things and then um, builds the environments for them and photographs them and puts them in a scene, and so it's all sort of related. Yeah, it was really great. Um, Carson Ellis talked um, for a while, uh, and it was great. Uh, she talked about, um, again, some of the things that I think help inspire like her her work practice. Um Man, I got a little bit jealous when she was talking because she's got a garden. She's got a million chickens. You know, she finds time to do, like, personal work. And, uh, and again, you know, it's, it's just so interesting hearing what people do outside of, like, the job that you know them for, you know? Right. So the theme of this conference is actually work and play. Which so all the all the um, people who are presenting and all the panelists and everything, they sort of talked about, like, the personal side and balancing all parts and how work is play and play is work, which is really interesting. And so it's all encompassed in one. So when Carson was talking, she talked about how um, sometimes she's creating sets for a kid's birthday party or other things. And that's all related to like the creative practice. Yeah. And it was really great. Uh, Speaking of, (laughs) of work and play, um, and I also want to say thanks to, um, we are currently staying in Airbnb, which by the way is fantastic. Our hosts are wonderful. Um, they have such free spirits and they do amazing things as well. We had a great conversation. We got to meet them last night. And, um, so I've never met anybody 
who's ever had a world record before. <laughs> but these guys now, as of today, have two world records. Um, and the one that happened today was um, they were telling us, and it was really funny, we actually ran into them at lunch, um, but they, along with about a thousand other people, did um, a yoga session in the middle of Portland as one giant horde and beat the world record of the amount of people doing yoga in one place at one time. And I was joking with him last night. I was like, oh, you guys have a big list of just uh, things that you've conquered, huh? And they're like, yeah, we're working on it. And I was like, oh, man, (laughs) this is pretty awesome. But, yeah, it's just been total surprise, you know. It's just like uh, as, as much energy as, you know, I feel like I'm putting out for this one. I feel like I'm getting a lot of it back. I think I'm going to have it like a couple minutes, you know, when we come back on Sunday just to um, hibernate for a second, Mm -hmm. take it Mm -hmm. in, and then try and find a way to kind of put it back out there in some way. Yeah. You know? So um, speaking of these things, um, a couple announcements. Uh, Again, actually, before announcements, I just want to thank everybody that we've met here, all the new faces, all of the... The old relationships, old, solid, fancy relationships that we've had with all these wonderful people with faces now that we have seen in person. (laughs) All those guys and then everybody that put it on. Um, Really inspiring, really great stuff. And we're excited to come back and show you some of the photos that we'll have up there. So um, in the midst of all this, a couple announcements for what's coming up for Light Gray Art Lab. Um, again, you guys should be on the lookout because we have been brainstorming a lot of really great new show concepts. And so um, this is kind of your heads up to take a peek. Make sure you keep an eye on the blog because we may put some stuff up there within the next week or two. Um, so new calls for art, um, new different things. And then um, we also, I believe, have a show coming up. We do. Um, so August 1st, we actually have the opening reception for Stacks, uh, which is our latest project that has the works of about 60 artists. Uh, each artist is creating a limited edition series of zines that's all about uh, the past 30 years. So anything from The Legend of Zelda to Pokemon to future predictions to um, childhood dreams, anything that happened in the past 30 years that we can sort of celebrate and commemorate. Um, So each artist is getting a whole set of zines. We have tons of really fun um, projects to take a peek at. So that's August 1st from 7 to 10 p.m. Um, It'll all be archived online and on the Light Gray shop, of course. Yep, and so each year's got two artists assigned to it, so you can kind of see... Um, 1999 from two completely different <laughs> perspectives, which yeah. is good. And so, um, and again, of course, keep an eye out. Um, if Chris hasn't done it already, he, I'm sure, is going to be putting up a link to uh, some of the online versions of the three mini promo games that we put up for the upcoming uh, Dream Arcade exhibition that is going to be opening September 12th. Uh, and those three games, of course, uh, I believe... Uh, if you if you haven't gotten them yet, um, they're currently available on the Windows Store. You can go and find those. Um, the Microsoft Store, so you can go and find those and um, download those for Windows 8 currently. But um, again, Chris should be putting those up if he hasn't done that already. Just keep an eye on the blog so that those of you guys that have Macs or anything else, uh, you can go click around in there and play those games, which is a lot of fun. So um, again, that show's happening September 12th. And you can find all the information for that anytime on our website or on our blog. 
um, lightgrayartlab.com or blog.lightgrayartlab.com. So let's see. I believe that that's about it. Cool. Well, we'll see you guys back in Minneapolis uh, this week. Lots of crazy stuff. And again, anybody who came out to Bastille Day, uh, Chris and Francesca and Becca were holding down the fort uh, this past Sunday. And so I'm sure that they have many wonderful things to tell you about that on the next podcast. So thanks to anybody who was out there and said hi. So again, if you want to get in touch with us, always um, say hi. You can say hi on our Twitter, which is at Light Gray Art Lab. You can say hi on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash lightgrayartlab. Anytime on Tumblr, uh, lightgrayartgallery.tumblr.com. And, of course, everything and anything is always on our blog, which is blog.lightgrayartlab.com. So Calls for Art, um, you can download any of the past games, including Great Personality Games, which will soon have a uh, lovely version 2, the Idealist uh, game coming out very soon. So, again, if you like what we do, feel free to subscribe on iTunes, or, again, you can always listen on the Stitcher radio app. So thanks, everybody, uh, all over the place, and for everybody that's listened to our podcast today, and we'll talk with you soon. Welcome to the Light Gray Art Lab podcast. I'm Lindsay Knoll. And I'm Jenny Bookler. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny is now has a French accent. <laughs> How'd that happen? <laughs> My mouth had stuck together. Oh no. <laughs> My mouth stopped working, and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) "Okay, (laughs) okay." That was weird. (laughs) I have no idea how that happened. My like somehow my mouth just stopped working. (laughs) Oh, I'm crying. I'm tired and crying. Jenny made me Jenny (laughs) book. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's try this again. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be hard. All right, ready? Okay. I, I well, I think what happened was I started to say my name, and then I realized it was only me, so I need to say and Jenny Booker. That was too hard. I was like, and Jenny Booker. <laughs> okay. Oh, crying.